Man, oh man, my God, the Lord is so good. The presence of the Lord is so, so phenomenal that's in this place. I'm, I'm just thankful, and I want to um, just really jump into what I want to say um, and, and really keep us in the vein and in the flow of, of, of what it is that the Lord is saying and doing. Amen. How many remember what we dealt with last week? Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives on the inside of me. He lives in us and we have our own life. Therefore, it demands a Matthew 16 and 24. It is the process. It is the now the three dimensions of what? Anybody remember? The three dimensions of the crucified life. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow. Function as me. Follow me or function as me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, function as me, follow me. Amen. We can't skip dimension number. We found that most people get stuck in dimension one. We don't know what that means to deny ourselves. We think that means turning over our plate or, or what have you. And there is a degree of that reality in that text. But it means more than that. Amen. It means to deny what you've accepted as yourself that really ain't who you are because he's in you. Whatever I've accepted is me, that's not him. I, gotta, I need you to say I got a whole king in me. You ain't got half a king in you. You ain't got, you ain't got a fourth of a king in, in you. You ain't got 80%. You got a whole king in you. Amen. And so because of that, any measure for which we've accepted as our character that's not connected to his character, we must deny. We must separate ourselves from and say that was never who I was, even though I accepted that as who I was. And then we can go to crucifixion and begin to kill those things, overcome those things. But we can't kill what we don't first deny. Amen. And so we, we never usually get to the second dimension because we don't understand the first one. What I'm going to share today uh, connects to that. And I'm going to try to, on the back end of what I am sharing, on the back end of what I am sharing, I'm going to try to connect that message. And so it's key. Um, to understand that we're building something um, and, and to, to make sure that you follow along so you can continue to progress uh, as the Lord would have you to progress. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 is where I'm going to park today. Galatians, the third chapter, and, verse, and I'm going to start at verse number 11. And I'm going to read to verse 26, so I need you to, to follow me for a minute and stay focused. As, um, there's a lot of meat here, and obviously we can't hit everything that uh, he's saying, but we're definitely going to hit some key things that we need to understand uh, as a people, and I believe there's a blessing in here today. Amen. Can we just thank God for our worship team and our musicians and those who <laughs> labor to, to, to help us to, to host, host the presence of God. It's a tremendous, tremendous thing. Amen. It's a tremendous, tremendous work, and we definitely tilt our hat, and we thank God for, for, for everybody that's here that helping to take part in that. Uh, amen. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse number 11. We're going to start reading there. It says, uh, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by what? Everybody say faith is a lifestyle. It's not a tool. 
I use when I can't figure something out. It's a lifestyle. Verse number 12. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Why? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth it or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Now to Abraham and his seed, singular, was the promises made. He saith not unto seeds, plural, as of many, but as one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. In par that is a very important um, verse that we're going to try to, 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 to um, come into an understanding of. Verse 17, and this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. The law didn't come to 430 years after God gave Abraham the promise. Therefore, the law could not change the promise is what it's saying, okay? For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Everybody say promise. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily, righteousness should have been by the law. Verse 22, uh, very um, powerful scripture too. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster, boy leader, adolescent babysitter. Wherefore, the law was our babysitter, schoolmaster, to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a babysitter, schoolmaster. For you are the children of God by faith. In Christ Jesus, last verse, verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on what? Christ. Amen. Father, I just thank you and I bless you right now for the grace of God to minister um, your word in a way that it's understood and it's imparted. That we will not just leave with a mental understanding, but we'll leave with a piece of your flesh. Unless we eat your flesh and drink your blood, we have no part in you. So, Lord God, break bread. Lord God, uh, feed us the body, even right now in the name of Jesus. And we bless you for it. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, in the house of God. It's so very, very interesting. And I was sharing this this morning. 
It's very interesting. The, one of the greatest challenges when you, when you start building people, the Bible says, on this rock I shall build my church. We're in the midst of building the church of the living God. Amen. Usually when you're trying to build church, which is building people, building the temple, we are the temple. Usually the challenges is not in the building, it's in what you got to tear down before you can build. Usually there's something that's already built that must be torn down before you can actually build what God wants. Religion has already built certain mindsets in us that must be torn down if we're ever going to now have a, a, a mentality of the kingdom. If we're ever going to have a spiritual mind. Religion teaches us rituals so we don't have to be spiritual. We don't have to be led by the spirit. All we have to do is follow the steps of the program. Amen. Religion now builds a paradigm where we figure out ways not to have to rely on Holy Spirit. Amen. In most churches, if Holy Spirit never comes, this is what a preacher said one time. Nobody would notice because you really don't need them to do what they're doing, what's being done in church. Amen. So we have now built a, a expression of church that does not necessitate faith nor does it necessitate the helper because he'll only help if we need him to help with something and everything usually that we're taught to do is stuff that we can do without help if God gives us an assignment we're not going to be able to do it which will qualify us to be filled with the helper amen and so so I want to deal with some things because I want to build us up in the spirit but it's going to take tearing down some things to do that. And so I feel that I'm tearing down and rooting up and building at the same time. And in order to do that, I'm, I'm going to start at Galatians chapter 3, verse number 23. Glory to God. This isn't a hospital. This is an academy. Amen. We're, we're, we're a school of ministry. We're going to get accreditation. And I'm going, we're going to be able to, because I, I went over my notebooks. I have tons of notebooks of teaching that I teach all the time and I realized what I teach you I could use to train leaders Amen. I was asked to go I was asked to go speak at a pastor's gathering on on Wednesday in Myrtle Beach at a church down in Myrtle Beach I went to that pastor's gathering you know what I use something I taught y'all in Bible study Amen. and the glory of God fell and my wife and those that were there are a testimony of how they testified to the shift that, that was brought in their life. But that's what I teach y'all on, on normal days. So I figured out that I am an equipping ministry that I'm preparing leaders. See, you don't come here to get what you need to make it through the week. You come here to be matured to go to work. So you can impact the world around you, the world that you influence directly for the kingdom of God. Amen. Nothing comes out of this house but leaders. God said, I've called you to influence influencers. That was the word of the Lord to me. He said, you will influence. If people aren't interested in being an influencer, you won't be able to influence them. You got to want to do something. Amen. And so I'm going to share this with you. Um, Galatians. I want to start at Galatians chapter 3, verse number 23. I'll start there. It says, here at DeMorrison, it's very powerful. It says, but before faith came, we were kept. Everybody say kept. We were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. But before faith came, we were kept. Everybody say kept. 
I want to talk about being kept. I want to talk about being kept. I want to, I got to deal with that, um, that sacred calf. I got to deal with the idolatry we've made out of being kept, being kept from quitting, being kept from losing our mind, being kept from throwing in the towel. I, I got to deal with that first. I'm, I'm, everybody following what I'm saying? But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Being kept, please hear me, is not Yahweh's purpose nor his ultimate plan for our lives. My God, I knew I'd get in trouble. I'm getting in trouble. I'm going to say that again. Being kept is not Yahweh's purpose nor ultimate plan for our lives. The Bible says as believers, if you pay attention to it, we're kept under the law Everybody say until. And until we can be brought to faith in Christ or brought to Christ by faith. And once we are justified by faith, we are no longer under the schoolmaster of the law that keeps us. We move beyond being kept if we're ever indeed walking to walk by faith. We can't continue to be kept and actually walk by faith. Being kept is a stage in the process of us entering into maturity. Uh, I'm talking about maturity. Being kept is a stage in a process of going on to maturity, perfection. It is not our destiny. At some point as believers, Yahweh expects us to move beyond being kept. Come on, being kept from quitting, being kept from throwing in the towel, being kept from saying something I shouldn't have said being kept from doing something I know I shouldn't do being kept from responding because what being kept suggests is that I was held back and if I wasn't held back I would have did it I was being kept come here and hold me Pastor Charles hold me back see uh, being kept is me saying I would have done it if if he wouldn't have held me I'd jump on you if he wouldn't have held me I'd have cursed you out if, if he wouldn't have held me I would have quit if he wouldn't have held me I'd have threw in the towel. If he wouldn't have held me, I would have killed myself. I, I was being kept, and that's the only reason. He said, I used the law to keep you. The only reason why you didn't curse me out is because the law said if you curse, you would be in trouble. It wasn't that you didn't want to curse, but the law kept you back from doing. You did. You do want to hate him, and the only reason why you're halfway nice is not because you are actually have a heart to be nice. The law is keeping you back. It's what you want to do, but right now, you need to be kept. Y'all ain't here. Glory be to God. I, I do want to quit. I don't want to endure. But the law is keeping me from quitting. But I really have quit while I'm still walking around. I'm being kept because I'm still a child. Glory be to God. I'm still. We need the law to keep us. To make us do what we don't want to do. Until we get the nature of God to do it without being kept. I hope y'all following what I'm saying up in here and up in here. See, what I'm saying is this. We, we ask, uh, being kept this for children. Because I got to go to work. But I got underage children. And so while I go, I go to work, I have to find somebody, y'all ain't hear me, to keep my children. Because my children aren't old enough to keep they 
yourself. Uh, whether that be a daycare, whether that be after school, or whether that be grandmama, we know we need somebody to keep them because they're not of age yet. But our children eventually get to an age of maturity where they no longer have to find, we have to find someone to keep them. What God is saying is there comes a time where no, no, the law should no longer have to keep you back from going off, keep you back from quitting, keep you back from doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's okay to be at that stage. It's not okay to stay there. It's okay to go through that process. It's not okay to stay there. We all were in a daycare. But if I'm 43 years old and still in a daycare, if somebody still has to keep me, amen, necessitate, necessitating being kept is an age issue. It is not a lifelong part of our purpose. There are times where God is just going to have to keep you. No, it's not a life. There comes a time where we don't have to be kept no more. Come on, there comes a time where we don't have to be held back no more. There comes a time where we don't feel like quitting and we ain't going to quit and we ain't, we ain't going to throw in the towel. We ain't going to do what we ain't supposed to do and nobody has to hold us back. Amen? The problem is the church doesn't want to grow up. The church is over 2,000 years old. Look, man, the church is older than Glorious Remnant. The church is over 2,000 years old, and she still wants to be kept. He's a keeper. Still wants to be kept. Please hear what I'm saying today. Y'all don't mind if I walk and teach a little bit, do you? Because I want you to understand your, your purpose is greater than that of being kept. Amen? I'm going to read Galatians 3 and 23 again. It says, but before faith came... We were kept, everybody say kept, under the law, shut up unto faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Right? Verse 24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster, our boy leader, our daycare, to bring us to Christ that we might be what? Justified by faith. But after that faith is come, verse 25, we are no longer under a keeper. Yahweh has to keep us until we learn how to walk by faith. Yahweh uses the law to keep us until we learn how to walk by faith. It's like a baby learning how to walk. Come on. You're, you're kept in your, 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 your mom's and your dad's arms. You're giving a walker. There are times where you can walk for a while, but you fall, right? Because you're still being kept. You're not old enough to walk by faith yet. Being kept is for those who don't know how to consistently walk by faith. Can I help y'all today? Glory be to God. Because So we can move into some maturity. Being kept is for those who don't know how to consistently walk by faith. Whatever situation we had to be kept in is a situation we didn't walk by faith in. If I can look back at a situation and say, if he wouldn't have kept me, boy, I don't know where I'd be. That was a situation I didn't walk by faith in. If he wouldn't have held me because I was about to go crazy. That was a situation I didn't walk by faith in. The situation didn't do that to me. My maturity level did. 
Everybody following what I'm saying? Today I'm going to tell you today, but God has given us grace to grow up. But after that faith has come, we are no longer have to be kept under a schoolmaster. The law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. We are kept by the law to what? Bring us to Christ. We need the law to hold us back until Christ moves in. Amen? Until Christ moves in, we need an outer law to hold us back. Amen? As long as we're hanging on to being kept, as long as we think that's our purpose, as long as we walk around and think that there's going to be weeks where we got to be kept, or there's going to be times where we got to be kept, we haven't sufficiently come to Christ and received the full privilege of justification. I'm going to say that again. If we, as long as we walk in the paradigm, as long as we walk in the thought that there are times I'm going to have to be kept, we haven't sufficiently come to Christ and received the full privilege of justification. You want me to read you why? And I will tell it in a minute. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be what? Justified by faith. Verse 25. But after faith has come, we no longer need to... It's to bring us to Christ. Once I sufficiently come to Christ, I no longer need to be kept because I have the keeper in me. Amen? And I now can enjoy the full privilege of justification. Everybody say the full privilege of justification. Everybody say the full privilege of justification. The full privilege of justification by faith is already knowing I'm kept before I enter into the situation I need to be kept in. I don't know what's going to happen next week, but I already know I'm kept. I don't know what's going to happen next year, but I already know I'm kept. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to turn their back. I don't know who's going to attack me, but I already know I'm kept. I don't need to get in it, see what God is going to do and say, God, are you going to keep me? I don't even know where I'm going, but if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I already know I'm kept. If I make my bed in hell, I already know I'm kept. If weapons are formed against me, I already know I'm kept. The full privilege of justification is, know, is knowing you're kept before you get in the situation that you need to be kept for. It's not getting there and say, God, keep me in this. God, you already kept me. Come on, it changes my posture in the situation. Because babies, the time, the, the greatest challenge with babies is they cry at night. At the time they're supposed to be resting, glory, they're crying. See, until we grow up, the time we're supposed to be resting in the fact that he's going to keep me, the time we're supposed to be resting in the fact he already went before me, the time we're supposed to be resting in the fact that no weapon formed against me is able to prosper, but because I'm immature, I'm crying instead of resting because that's what we do until we grow up. But once you grow up, there could be a storm. Once you grow up, there could be water flooding the boat. And you're in the back of the boat sleeping because you understand if God brought me here, he kept me before I needed to be. The, the faith of justification is knowing I was kept before I know what I need to be kept through. 
I don't know what I'm going to face tomorrow. But I, knew, I do know I'm already kept before I face it. I need somebody to say I'm already kept. My God, ain't that, ain't that good for somebody? Uh, you shall live and not die. You don't have to go through, God, get me through this week. I don't, God, get me through this. God, get me through that problem. I'm already kept. Amen. Not, life is no longer about me begging the Lord to keep me. God, keep me through this because I'm about to lose it. God, keep me through this because I'm about to snap on somebody. God, keep me through this because I'm about to quit. Life is no longer about begging God. See, now please hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. There is a, that is a stage for everybody. Uh, glory be to God. We all go through that process. But once you know it's a part of a process, you begin to shorten it. God is about to birth some Moseses. Can I prophesy to some people that are just coming in the faith? God is about to birth some Moseses. During the time when Moses was born, Pharaoh had set a decree to kill every male child, glory be to God, that came out of the Hebrew women's um, womb. The Bible says that when they saw Moses, they said he was fair, and they hid him. They hid him for months from Pharaoh and his army. How in the world? world can you hide a baby you know why it's so hard to hide a baby it's not because they're not small I mean it's not because they're big they're small they're easy to hide in size but they're hard to hide in sound because babies tend to cry y'all hear me a whole lot now if they're able to hide Moses all for months from soldiers who are out to kill him Moses wasn't a cry baby he was a baby that knew how not to cry from the womb that God is about to raise up some people that know how to walk by faith from the womb they have not been religified they have not been told you're going to struggle with this and I'm going up the rough side of the mountain they're going to be raised in a kingdom culture where they recognize I ain't got to be held back I have the one who put it under his feet living on the inside of me I don't got to ask him God where are you he's inside of me I don't have to ask him if he's helping me his help is bubbling up in me there's a new type of believer being raised up hallelujah life and faith no longer is about me begging the Lord to keep me but about me wearing him what happens when it ain't about me begging him it's about me wearing him Come on, that, that, uh, we're moving from begging him to wearing him, but we can't start wearing him until we stop begging him. Can I prove it to you? Verse number 26. Y'all don't mind if I just do some teaching. Galatians 3 verse 26. For you are all the children of God. How? By faith in verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have one. Start wearing them. Have as many as have been baptized into Christ have what? Put on Christ. Once we graduate from him keeping us, we can start wearing him. Come on, we can start wearing his glory, not asking to see it. We can start wearing his favor, not asking to get some. We can see it's one thing if I have to wait for his favor. It's one, it's another thing if I can go to the closet and put it on. It's, it's one thing if I say, God, show me your glory. It's another thing when I got glory outfits in the closet. Y'all, I wish y'all could get the closet, the secret place. It's one thing if 
if I can go to my closet, my secret place, and put on what other folks are begging to experience because I've moved beyond being kept to being dipped. I moved from being kept to being dipped. I've immersed myself. I jumped head first in relationship with God. I went all the way in for my king. I came to him and gave it all. I'm not just giving you what I think is wrong. I'm giving you what I think is right. I'm immersing myself. So I wear his peace. Come on, I wear his heart for the nations. Look at somebody and say, we can wear the Lord's heart. We can wear humility. Amen. We can wear liberty. Amen. That's a part of my clothes. Come on, we, we, we put that on. We can wear intercession. Hallelujah. We can wear zeal for the Father's house. Once we grow up, once we grow up, we can dress ourselves. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. If we need strength, I'm not waiting for an apostle to give me no strength. I ain't waiting for pastor, and I ain't waiting for my praise partner. I can dress myself. I'll get my own strength. If we need peace, we can dress ourselves. I'll put it on myself. If I need joy, I'll put it on myself. If I need to get in his presence, guess what? I'm not going to go to a place to get in his presence. I can put his presence on. For those who are baptized in Christ have put on his presence where are you right now in his presence i thought you was at work but i'm wearing him i'm in his presence where are you right now i'm in his presence but i thought you said you was going grocery shopping i am at the grocery store but i'm in his presence because it's no longer the church service i go to it's who i'm wearing because i put childish things Jay, but tell your neighbor, wear his presence and don't just get in it. You got a right to wear the presence of God. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right, at right hand are pleasures. We, we got a right to joy all the time. Because I'm not trying to enter into his presence. I wear it. I know in the Old Testament they entered into his presence. But we get to put his presence. Until we get past being kept. It's illegal to wear the spirit of the Lord as the promise of God. There's so few people wearing him because we got to get past being kept by the law to do so. That's only for people who have moved beyond being kept. Being kept is a stage of growth, but being kept isn't our destiny. Wearing and bearing Jesus is. I need y'all to understand that right now. Your destiny is wearing and bearing Jesus. It ain't being kept. There's a time you're going to have victory without being kept to get it. There's a time where you're going to have to have peace without being kept to get it. Come on, you're going to get the victory without being kept, but by faith. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Galatians 3 and 29. Watch this. Just talk for a little bit. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's what? <clears throat> and heirs according to the promise. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is what 
we have to understand about being kept. Yahweh doesn't keep us from something. He keeps us for something. And it seems small, but it's big. I'm going to say that again. Yahweh doesn't keep us from something. The purpose of keeping ain't keeping us from something. The purpose of him keeping us is keeping us for something. We're kept by the law so we can eventually be handed over to faith. We weren't kept from sin. We were kept for righteousness. Are y'all following what I'm saying? And I'll take it slow. So, because we don't understand that, we're not kept from. God ain't trying to keep us from anything. He's trying to keep us for. He doesn't so much keep us from death. He keeps us for life. He's not trying to keep us from death. He's trying to keep us for life. The thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have what? Life. We've misunderstood the keeping of the Lord. We think Yahweh keeps us from. Therefore, in many cases, we never experience what he's kept us for. Because after we celebrate the fact that I used to drink, after we celebrate the fact that we used to club, we stop. And that he's now keeping me from that. But that was never his purpose, just to keep us from. No, he kept you for. He didn't just keep us from losing our mind. He kept us for. For the mind of Christ. And glory be to God. And so now we run around celebrating I almost lost my mind. But you still have battles in your mind because that's still babyish. He did not keep you from losing your mind. The only reason why he didn't lose, you didn't lose your mind is because he kept you for the mind of Christ. And until we get the mind of Christ, we'll still be battling in our mind even if we did lose it. Hello, somebody. He didn't just keep us from taking our life. He kept us for life and life more abundantly. If I'm running around thinking, God, he, he kept me from taking my life, I, and I never understand. He kept me for abundant life. I wind up going on with life, but I still got battles. I still got struggles that aren't even a part of eternal life, but all I'm doing is celebrating what he kept me from and not understanding he kept me for. He doesn't keep us from hell. He kept us for the kingdom. We don't get saved to be kept from hell. We get saved to be kept for the kingdom. And because we don't understand that, there's a whole bunch of people who think they're kept from hell that never entered to the kingdom. Well, where are you going to go if you don't enter into the kingdom? Amen? What, is there an in-between place? If I've kept from, but I never entered into what I was kept for... Did I really ever get kept from what I said I got kept from? Is there a hallway in between heaven and hell we can stay? Amen? We weren't just kept from death. We were kept for the promises of God. And if we don't understand that we weren't just kept from but kept for, we'll never enter into the promises of God. You got a whole bunch of people that can tell you what they no longer do, but can't tell you the things that they do that God can. Because we think it stops being kept from when it's what you are actually being kept for. Amen. He didn't just keep you from doing something stupid. He kept you for st to do something great. 
He kept you to do something supernatural. And if we don't understand that, we'll stay kept from but be cut off from entering into what we were kept for. It's not God's purpose for our lives to say he kept us kept me from drugs. He kept me from alcohol. He kept me from cheating on my wife. No, he kept me for oneness. He didn't keep me from cheating on my wife. He kept me for oneness because if I now cheat on my wife, what I'm doing is allowing other individuals into our marriage bed. It ain't just me and her. So usually what happens is when a husband cheats on his wife, he starts getting angry with his wife. You ever notice that? He gets an attitude with his wife when he cheats on her. Why? Because he now has taken on the attitude of who he's sleeping with. The woman he's sleeping with don't like his wife. Hello? And so now Sally in the bed with y'all. The woman, the woman that he's sleeping with ain't attracted to his wife. And he ain't no more either. He didn't just keep, it, God didn't just keep me from that. He kept me for her. So there is no, there is no, no division of my passion. All of my passion goes to her. All of my attraction goes to her. All of my desire goes, my desire is not being divided out. He didn't keep me from that. He kept me for her. So all of my passion is hers. All of my attention is hers. All of the beauty that I see, because I won't give it to anybody else. If there's any attraction, it's only for her. And a lot of men, they're using the law not to cheat. But you still like other women. It ain't that. You, he, he's just keeping you from it but he's actually keeping you for what happens when you're not looking at any other women ever what happens if you're not attracted to any other women ever do you understand the attraction you'll have for your wife do you understand the passion you'll have for your wife he kept us for that not just from adultery and because we don't understand that we rob ourselves of the blessing of marriage he didn't just keep us from he kept us for I wish I could preach up in here. You robbing yourself. I got to stop doing this, man. Looking at pictures is just as bad. All of it. Use the law and use the law until you enter into a faith in Christ. Hello? I ain't telling you, you uh, let, let yourself be kept, but just know that ain't the last stage, but that's a stage. Amen? Glory to be to God. I told my wife, I said, you better be thankful. Hallelujah. When I see her, my face light up. She walked in that office th this morning. I dropped, I said, Hello. You better be thankful because my chi ain't nowhere else. Y'all ain't hearing me. I ain't, my chi ain't disseminated nowhere else. I, I wish I could talk adult talk for a minute. Ain't got to work nothing up. I ain't sharing it with nobody else. Ready, ready, ready. That's the goodness of God. See, y'all, that's the goodness of God. 
Hey. You ever see Kung Fu Panda? I got all my chi. All of it. Glory to God. Amen. So now watch this. I just got to bring it in a way where y'all understand what I'm saying. So we'll stop trying to just keep, he kept me from, no, it's, it's what you have because of that. What is keeping you for? Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 16. Watch this. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 16. Watch this. It says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, watch this, he saith not unto seeds as of many, but as one singular, and to thy seed, which is Christ. All right, the promise is to not many seeds, but to what? Everybody say one seed. One thing we got to understand about this verse is, who was Isaac's son? I, mean, I told you. Who was Abraham's son? Isaac was Abraham's son. This verse isn't talking about Isaac. Isaac was Abraham's promised son. This verse is talking about the promised seed. I need y'all to understand that so you can really get this. Read the verse and read it. And you can tell it, it makes it very clear he's talking about Jesus. Right? He said, I'm going to read that verse again. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one. And what's that seed? And to thy seed, which is Christ. He is not talking about Isaac in that verse. He's talking about Jesus. Isaac was Abraham's promised son. Jesus was Abraham's promised seed. Amen. Everybody following what I'm saying? I need to teach this so y'all can get it. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. And the seed of the woman shall, but it's going back. Everything ties together. Nothing is random and off. The first prophecy of Jesus is that Jesus would be the seed that would crush the head of the serpent. And the seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. That's Genesis 3 verse number 15. Y'all see that? And the promise was not unto seeds, but unto, look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, there's only one man that has a promise. Let me see if, you ain't got to say this, but even if you don't, I'll prove it to you. Me and you were not given any promises. They were all given to he didn't pull off and say, Jeremiah, I gave you this promise. No, he said, I gave Jesus that promise, and I'm going to put Jesus in Jeremiah so I can give Jeremiah the promise because I only give promises to my one seed. We're trying to get promises, but God didn't give us none. All the promises of God go to only That's our problem. And so Christ is living in us. Why? To give us something we don't deserve. Because we ain't got no promises. <laughs> but he's trapped. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. God is waiting to give him promises, but he's trapped behind our flesh. 
We'll talk about that in a minute. Now watch this. And I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed, and he shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt do what? Bruise his heel. That is the seed that, that now Abraham ultimately got the promise. So now the prophecy was given by promise to Abraham. The prophecy of the seed that would crush Satan's head, go to the next one, Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. Let's go to Abraham's promise. Y'all don't mind if I teach, do you? Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. Look at this. And I will make of thee a what? Great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name what? And thou shalt be a, this is the promise given to Abraham. And I will bless them that do what? And curse them that, and what? Where's the blessing? Where's the blessing? For thee or what? Where's the blessing? In thee, right? Shall all the nations of the earth be blessed? Did y'all follow that dialogue? In thee, everybody say in thee, is the blessing, all of the promises of God. All right, in thee, everybody say in thee. Let's go back to last week, Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ liveth in me. He's trying to give us promises, but the promise is only for one. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So, so what we've got to understand is we're still saying, God, where are my promises? You need to know what Jesus's are. And to the degree you look, me and you look like him, we get him. But we have not one promise. Amen? Now, now watch, follow this. Who is the seed? The seed is Christ. I am, me and you are crucified with Christ. It's not I that live, but what? So everything that was said about that seed it's functioning in us. I'm trying to help you understand something. Everything said about that seed is functioning in us. The seed in you, the seed in me shall crush, y'all are hearing me, the head of the serpent. There is a head crusher in us. Glory be to God. I'm just trying to help you understand. There is a head crusher. I need somebody to say, there is a head crusher in me. Glory be to God. I don't fight with the devil. I got a head crusher. He never fights with the devil. He just crushes the devil's head. So my question is, if I got a head crusher in me, why am I fighting with the devil so much? That's the question that I have to ask. Uh, um, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Uh, I need somebody to say, I got a world changer in me. Uh, we got a world changer in us. So the question has to be, why aren't we changing the I got a world changer in me and I got a head crusher in me yet I'm fighting the devil and yet I'm not changing the world around me for the kingdom of God. There has to be something we must understand about the crucified life. There's only one that has the promise. We cannot change people. You can use your psychology. You can use your money. You can use being nice. You can use listening to people. But if the world changer in me and you He's the only one that has the promise that in thee all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We can be as much of a blessing as we want. But if he don't come out, none of that promise will manifest. He's the only one with the promise. 
One seed. One seed. We're steady trying to use human strength to be nice, and our niceness ain't got no promise. One seed. Hello, somebody. Everybody following what I'm saying? Amen? Somebody shout, I got a head crusher in me. I'm about to start crushing some heads. Oh, glory be to God. I'm about to start crushing some mindsets. I do not stress out. I'm about to crush that foolishness. I do not feel like quitting. I'm about to crush that foolishness. I do have a reason to live. I'm about to crush that foolishness. Life ain't too hard for me. I'm crushing every thought. And God, I got a world changer in me. And in thee shall all the families of the earth, what? We got somebody in us that can finance blessing for the whole world. In thee. <laughs> me and you each got somebody in us that can finance blessing for the whole world. We can supply the whole world with the blessings of God. I need somebody to say, I got blessings for everybody around me. We got a blessing for Florence. We about to bless Florence because, of, oh, glory be to God, uh, we got a blessing for Florence. We about to shut down murder. We got a blessing for Florence. We about to release life. We got a blessing for Florence. We about to release a move of God because we have somebody in thee that can bless every family. Fathers are about to come back home. Boys are about to start having multiple children with multiple women. In thee, there's somebody with a promise. Y'all follow what I'm saying? I want to show you this last one because it's very important. Because every time they talk about the seed, they're talking about who's in us, that one seed. That same seed is in all of us. He's the only one with a promise. I need you to understand we have no promises. All of our promises are based on who's in us and who we're in. God didn't give us not one, not one promise. He gave them all to Jesus. And then Jesus poured out the promise from the right hand of the Father. Look at this. I'm going to show you this last text. Genesis chapter 22, verse number 16. Watch this. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Genesis 22, verse number 16. And said, this is after Abraham takes Isaac up to sacrifice him. He goes to put a knife to his neck. God stops him and, and gives, shows him a ram in the bush. He names the place Jehovah Jireh, the place where God provides. This is God's response to Abraham's obedience. Verse number 16. And said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, right, that one son, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and everybody say thy seed thy seed shall do what the gates of his enemies he said he extends the promise because of abraham's obedience to say also will your seed that one seed possess the gates of his enemy the seed in us possesses the gates of his enemies 
He possesses the access points where the enemy comes in. What I'm trying to tell you is we have a gatekeeper in us. Somebody say, I got a gatekeeper in me that, that, glory be to God, that owns his enemy's gates, his enemy's access points. What is he trying to tell us? The devil just can't come in how he wants to. He can't sneak in. He can't ambush us. He cannot just jump on us. He cannot just come in like he wants to because we possess his gates. Oh, we have a gatekeeper in us. Glory be to God. Your seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. What I'm trying to tell you is this. I don't know about you, but I already know cancer. Glory be to God. Cancer will not be a part of my life, nor any of my children's life. How you gonna say that? Because we possess the cancer gate, and we ain't gonna open it up. We ain't gonna open it up and say, I don't know, you might can't. Don't you dare say you might. You opening up the gate and you got the gatekeeper who possesses that gate and says if you bind it in earth I'll bind it in heaven but if you loose it you were the gatekeeper you were the one that said you might catch cancer you opened the door because you didn't know the seed that you had living I know none of my children will die an early untimely death. Why? Because I got, I possess the gate of untimely early death and I'm not going to open it up. All of my children will live to see their great days and live to see their children's children's children. You cocky know I got the gatekeeper on the inside of me. I need somebody to shout life right now, blessing right now, health right now. I got the gate, I got the key, and I'm not letting the enemy in. All of my children will be married, and their marriages won't end in divorce. All of None of my children will die of heart attacks. None of my children will die of strokes. None of my children will have amputations. None of my children will have be be murdered. None of my, I got the key to that gate, and I close the gate and I ain't open it there will be no murder there will be no STDs there will be no HIV there will be no homosexuality I shut the gate I got a gatekeeper in me I need somebody to bless the Lord Oh, your children are going to leave. They might, they might have a sex trade going on, but none of my children will be in that sex trade. I shut that gate. I own that gate. I got a gatekeeper in it. I need somebody to shout. I got a gatekeeper in me. And I see... I don't know. I, you know, I get older. I don't want to get schizophrenia. Shut the gate. I don't want to get. I, I, I don't. I don't want to get. What, what's that thing? Dementia. Shut the gate. I won't have it. My wife won't have it. She's gonna know me to the day she dies. She's gonna. I'm gonna know her to the day. I'm gonna know that's Tiffany. I'm gonna know my children. I will not forget anything. Why? I shut the gate, and I was. My mind was kept for the mind of Christ, and the mind of Christ can't get dementia, so I can't either. I got a gatekeeper in me. You no know, Alzheimer's up here. Shut the gate. 
possess the gate. There's a seed that has a promise to possess the gate. There's only one seed. You know, that's why I wake up every morning. There's no fear because the gate ain't open. I ain't worried. No, my, my children ain't dying in no accident. I shut that gate. Even if there is a drunk driver, he's going to sober up when he riding past my daughter because I shut the Somebody shout, I got a gatekeeper in me. You got to watch it. When you're doing good, the devil will come and he'll mess it up. Just, just make sure you're careful while it's going good. Gotta, I shut that gate. Ain't no going good in it. Stop. It's got to keep getting better. Not only is it going to go good, it's going to go gooder. Then it's going to go good. As you think I'm blessed now, I didn't shut that. I know I got a gatekeeper. So you better stop acting scared of being blessed. You better stop acting scared of being promoted. You better stop every time God blesses you looking around wondering where the devil is. I already know he ain't around. I shut the gate and everything... I ain't looking over my shoulder. I'm blessed and I'm going to stay blessed because I shut every other gate. A gatekeeper in me. Ain't nobody here dying of no COVID. You don't know that because it's just in the air and you can't see it. I got a gatekeeper in me. We got a gate. I need everybody to stand up right now. Let's shut this gate once and for all. Let's help everybody know that that ain't coming up in this piece. I dare you to bless God for the gatekeeper. I want my marriage, but you never know what might happen on a marriage. They might step out. I already shut that gate. Ain't no COVID up in here. We got a gatekeeper. And I shall give you the keys of the kingdom. My God, I need somebody in here to recognize you're not keyless. Come on, you're not keyless. The devil just wants to keep you clueless because he knows you have keys. But I want you to know you're not keyless and you ain't clueless either. You ain't... Shut that gate. I'm just worried about my daughter. Stop worrying and shut the gate that you're worried about. I'm just worried about my son going out there. Stop worrying and shut the gate that you're worried about. I don't care how long they're out there. That ain't going to happen because I'm going to shut the gate. Somebody shut. I got a gatekeeper in me. Oh, 
Shut the gate on poverty. Shut it. Look, I don't know. They might close off. They might lay people. Shut the gate. If they do lay me off, they lay me off to make more money. I'm going to find something that make. I already shut the poverty gate. Listen, listen. Let me share this with y'all. Y'all sit down just for one minute. Y'all ready to go home? Look here. If I had, uh, if, if, if Newton and them fellas was there, we probably would have, that joker said, let's ride, boys. That joker tuned it up and went. It almost feel like we need to ride on that one. Well, you get the right, you got, hey, I don't even know if we, you right. I need somebody to stand up and bless you. I, let's just ride on that. Come on. I got more. We can get to it next week. I just need somebody to open your mouth up in here. Come on. I just need somebody to lift up the name of Jesus up in here. Come on. We, God, we don't have any promises, but we got the one seed that got all the promises living on the inside of us. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives. Hey, hey, I just need you to start shutting gates that you didn't know you could shut. I need you to stop shutting gates over your mind. Start shutting gates over your marriage. Stop shutting gates over your children. Start shutting gates over your health. You won't get breast cancer. Shut the gate. You won't get cervical cancer. Shut the gate. I know strokes run in your family. Shut the gate. I know heart attacks run in your family. Shut the gate. I know that heart failure runs in your family. Shut the gate. You got a seed in you that possesses. Jace of his enemy. Come on, let's just wait in the waters of worship for a minute. Come on, let's just bless our king in the Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where my mama and her monster. I got a gatekeeper. I got a world changer. I got a head crusher. I got a gatekeeper. I got a world changer. I got a head crusher. Every promise, every promise. Come on, Siana. Come on, Sana, ne adarabakiyanansa. Come on, I'm moving beyond being kept. God, God didn't just keep me from; He kept me for. I got promises on my. I got promises in me. I got promises in me. Come on, I got promises. I dare you to let your praise represent your promises being released. Your promises are in you. We got to let them out. I dare you to lift up your voice. We got... In 
you and me. God, I see gates closing. I see gates shutting. I see mind gates shutting. Hey, I see middle gates shutting. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's one seed. There's one Lord. There's one God. There's one faith. There's one seed. There's one Lord. There's one God, and there's one seed. Every promise. Hallelujah. Every promise. Hallelujah. 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 God, forgive us for opening up gates we didn't know we could close. Forgive us, forgive us. Forgive us for neglecting the fact that we have a gatekeeper on the inside of us that we can release by faith. That we can release by praise. That we can release by proclamation. We all gonna grow old together. We won't lose not one. None of our children will be lost to the world. We shutting gates. And once we finish shutting the gates for our people, we gonna move on to Florence and shut some gates. We got too much murder going on. We got, it's time to shut some gates. I want to. You will not have a nervous breakdown. Shut the gate. Shut the gate. You got a gatekeeper in you. You got a head crusher in you. You got a world changer in you. Nobody listens to you. You got somebody that everybody listens to. You got somebody in you that every knee bows. You got somebody in you that every tongue confesses. You got a world changer in you. Don't you dare be little. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. power may be of God and not of us. How in the world did God give us no promises but we have every one? 
Only God can do that. He didn't give us one promise, but we have every one. One seed. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of the Lord. Reawaken us to that one seed. Reawaken us to all, the whole king that we have in us. Bring us back to the crucified life. That that which is in our flesh can be released. Rent the veil of our flesh. Bring us back to denying of ourselves and taking up our cross so we can function, follow, function as you function. There's one seed in all of us. That's what makes us one. We all got one seed. So we thank you that the, the head crusher we release you to crush the head that's been attacking our mind and interrupting our sleep. The world changer. Hey, that one seed. Because nobody will listen to my little voice. Nobody listens to me. Nobody pays me no attention. But right now, I awaken you to the one seed. There's somebody, there's enough in you to change this whole world. Surely there's enough in you to change your job. To change your, our communities and change our families. And there's a gatekeeper, one seed. With good long life, we shall be satisfied. With good long life, you are not going to die early. I know what the devil's tried to tell you the sicknesses and you're looking back at your mama and your grandma. The devil is a shut the gate. You've broken that curse. Because that one seed is the curse breaker too. We only went over three but we could go over a whole bunch more. 